a lot of death in our so-called civilized society is denial with people plugged into machines they don't want dying a painful lingering death because the doctors are desperately trying to revive them for as long as possible when all they really need to do is just to, to be loved and allowed to go um, in whichever way they want to. Hi, welcome to Adventures in Dowsing, podcast number 45. I'm Graham Gardner. And uh, as you can tell from that introduction, this is going to be quite an interesting episode. Uh, Ivan Macbeth is a druid, shaman, dowser, ecstatic dancer, uh, writer, adventurer, and builder of many stone circles. In general, he's a very magical human being, and it's been my privilege to have known him for uh, a good number of years now. I've studied with him, and I have also moved stone with him. And at the 2015 American Society of Dowsers Convention in Vermont, I managed to pin him down for half an hour or so to record this chat. So uh, although this episode is a little shorter than most, I think you'll find it very rewarding, as uh, amongst other things, we discuss some very important issues regarding society's attitudes towards death and dying. Okay, so here we are with uh, Ivan Macbeth, uh, druid, uh, entertainer, blindingly good DJ, all-round uh, supernatural human being. Ivan, it's great to see you again. Yeah, great to be here, great to see you. I mean, it's been... A year. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. it has. Yeah. yeah, we don't see enough of you these days, so it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Yeah, I miss the times where we gather together in some field someplace with a bunch of good people and talk about good things yeah and i'm sorry i didn't catch up with you when you were over in the, U- the uk earlier so yeah it's yeah. difficult to coordinate that sort of thing and also yeah. a lot of people were actually trying to get in touch but in that situation it's difficult because uh, i'm meant to i'm uh, sort of dedicated to to my group of druids yeah and i can't spend time off sure yeah so how was that for them? How did your students oh, find this? Oh, it was fantastic. So we should just explain, that was their, their like finishing school? Yeah. yeah. They graduated their three-year's training, um, but basically, in order to graduate as a druid but in our school, um, you make your commitment to the, to the land. So you, we go to Stonehenge and uh, make our marriage vows, mm-hmm. uh, because what better way to show our love and our commitment to the earth? So was that the first time that any of them had been over to Britain? Um, most of them, most yeah. Most of them, yeah. You know, and of course I know it really well. I know all the nice places and, and uh, good people to go visit. And to, um, So, yeah, they were in good hands. They had a great time. Yeah. yeah. So it must have been a while since you were back as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, for one reason or another, we haven't been back for the last two years, which has been a sadness to me because I obviously I love my my home country and uh, my friends but this was a wonderful opportunity yeah I know you've had a couple of uh, difficult years yourself yeah my health's been up and down and roundabout and so it was actually uh, at some time you know um, it was a worry whether I'd be well enough to to go over to the UK but in fact it was okay that was great yeah so everything's holding. Yeah, no, no games of tennis or uh, marathons at yeah. the moment. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in training. 
Yeah. Uh, now, last year I was, we were lucky enough to visit uh, Dreamland, the, the wonderful yes, place yeah. where you live. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the stones had just been finished there. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. the autumn before. The yeah. autumn before, yeah. 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 And you were building a geodesic dome. Was that still ongoing? Um, yeah, it's well. Um, we were building a four-season workshop space, yeah. and our first idea was a geodesic dome. But I think we're just going to go for a, a yurt, right? You know, with insulation and uh, strengthening for the snow and stuff, and that yeah. should be that should be fine for us. Yeah. You know, but it's a big space, it's 30 foot in diameter, and we had to make the floor particularly strong because we want to dance in there, amongst other things. Yeah. So we're looking forward to it being ready, hopefully before this winter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So dancing, another big feature of your work. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, know, you always have the ecstatic dance evening at the conference here. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, you know, yeah. it's something that uh, Fern and I love, love to bits, and we know how much it affects our souls in a and a healthy and an exciting and uh, sort of way, so we want to share it around. Yeah, yeah. Do you re- uh, really get a lot out of making up those DJ mixes? Oh, yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah. It, you know, it's taken many years to get the hang of it, but now, um, yeah, I'm in the swing, and I just love combining different types of music from different cultures and, you know, some drums, some didgeridoo, some violin, you know, this and that, and... And and uh, it, with the in, uh, intent of inspiring people's bodies to move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you incorporate this in ceremonies? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm writing a book at the moment uh, about our uh, perception and practice of, of druidry, and it, uh, dancing is actually quite a large part of that. Yeah. And I want to make it even more because. Um, the journey I've been through in my lifetime from complete catatonic, um, you know, embarrassment and self-consciousness to, to be feeling free as a bird and to dance and every moment to be creating something is a spiritual journey. And uh, it's really part of our, our version of Druidry and self-transformation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I have always known you as a prolific stone circle builder. Yeah, and yeah. just been to your talk on that again. I always enjoy seeing those slides. I mean, they're just yeah. so awesome, these big stones that you, that yeah. you shift. So, uh, how many is it you've done now? 27? Uh, I think 27, 27? full size-wise. Well, I've got two more to make this year. So yeah? they, uh, one in Saranac um, in New York State, and hopefully one in Glastonbury. But, uh, oh, right, okay. Yeah, that would be cool, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the person who wants it uh, made, uh, we haven't really come to any hard decisions yet so hopefully that will happen soon yeah so are you moving uh, do you tend to use more mechanical means now or do you still try and shift uh, them by hand no however it no comes. preference no um, I love making it by hand but uh, stone circles by hand uh, but at the same time there, I'm so busy you know to make a, a decent sized stone circle by hand you're talking about at least six weeks two months and I'm writing a book. I'm de- I'm developing my dance. I'm, I'm teaching and I'm traveling. So you know, I can't make too many by hand. Hi, my name is Adi Two Owls, and I'm from the United States. And um, I'm a shaman and I'm a dowser. And you are listening to Adventures in Dowsing from the British Society of Dowsers. <laughs> 
Time now for a look at what's coming up with the BSD. Uh, now, the big event of the year, of course, is the annual conference, and this year it's the 18th to the 20th of September 2015, and it's being held at Leicester University. And there's a good lineup of speakers, including Susan Collins from Canada, uh, Elizabeth Brown, Dr. William Bloom, Tergilia Gardinia, hope I'm pronouncing that one correctly, uh, Don Bryan, and Christian Kiriakou. And there's a usual selection of lectures and workshops, sure to be a good uh, event to attend. More details about that on the website. Uh, some local group events coming up. On the 1st of August, the Dorset Dowsers will be walking the labyrinth at Seaton with Nicky Fidgen. On the 9th of August, the Cardiff Dowsers are doing a labyrinth building workshop with Bill Holding. On the 30th of August, Somerset Dowsers with Kate Fortledge will be dowsing for Romano-British archaeology remains at Ilchester. And on the 12th of September, the Trencrum Dowsers down in Cornwall will be having a talk by David Leasley from the Isle of Man. Uh, also worth mentioning at this point, the 25th to 28th of September, that's the weekend after the conference, uh, Susan Collins from Canada and my good self are running a four-day masterclass called Self-Empowerment with Dowsing, and that's being held at Stirling in Scotland. And there are various options available, one, two, three, or four-day attendance options. Uh, for more details and pricing on that, see internationaldowsers.org for details. Uh, now, we've had a few uh, letters, which is not surprising because it's been almost a year since the last podcast. Uh, the main reason for that is that I'm still trying to sort out arrangements for getting it on the uh, BSD website. Uh, we still haven't got that issue resolved. So at the moment, it's only being hosted on adventuresanddowsing.com. Um, if you're a regular subscriber with iTunes or the other uh, RSS feeds, uh, you'll still be getting it. But if you won't be getting this on the BSD website, unfortunately. Uh, anyway, Jason Umberger uh, says uh, thank you so much for these wonderful podcasts and the education they offer. You're very welcome, Jason. That's why we do them. Uh, Martha Grace writes from the States to say, uh, I would like to say how much I have enjoyed your podcasts over the past few years. And it was through your interview with Susan Collins that I heard about her and have had the opportunity to have some wonderful life-changing sessions as a result. My understanding of this world has been greatly expanded by the diverse people who you have interviewed. I don't think I had ever heard of a labyrinth and now I can't get enough of them. This is all thanks to you. Well, thank you, Martha. That's a fine endorsement indeed. And uh, another one is uh, Brian Ralston from Ontario, who says, I've just subscribed to your website, although I've listened for years to your podcast in Ontario, Canada. I'm originally from Eldersley in Scotland, and my parents and I emigrated when I was 14 years old. That was back in 1966. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you how much I enjoy your interviews. I love hearing the piano theme song, Don't Change That. It's got that old-worldy feel to it. Simpler times. Uh, he also says, I've been playing around with the dowsing myself on and off for years, usually with the pendulum. I'm not that good at it, but it's fun. And since I semi-retired last year, I've got more time, and I've just made some L-rods out of coat hangers and also invested in a wee Aura Spring bobber. So I'm looking forward to some better weather to get out and about and seeing what I can find. Love your website, and thank you for the podcast. Excellent work. All the best from Canada. Well, nice to hear from you, Brian, and uh, I hope your dowsing is improving with your homemade L-rods and uh, bobber. Do let us know how you're getting on. 
Now, it's always nice to hear from our listeners, so if you've got a dowsing story to tell, or if you just want to say hi, you can send us an email to podcast at adventuresanddowsing.com, or you can use the contact form on the website, or you can leave comments on individual episodes. It'd be lovely to hear from you, and we look forward to uh, meeting you at some dowsing event. Anyway, now let's get back to my talk with Ivan Macbeth. Now, I know you lost a, a close friend recently. Uh, can you tell us about that? I find yeah. that a very interesting story. So. Yeah, this is a very powerful um, sort of event, really. And she uh, is sort of a bit like a, a sister to me. Uh, she, We met physically in this lifetime when she uh, became a student to study Druidry. But it became apparent that we've known each other a really long time. Anyway... So she's been getting sicker and sicker and uh, finally um, she was given about six weeks to live. Um, Cancer, it had moved to her lungs, her bones, pretty much all over the place. And uh, she's a very strong-willed woman, uh, Barbara, and uh, she was determined to take control of her death as much as uh, she's been able to do it in life. So, luckily in Vermont, over the last year, they've passed a law which says that for people who are absolutely in a, a terminal position with their, with their illness, um, as long as they get two doctors to certify that, um, they are allowed now legally to take their own life when they want, uh, in the circumstances that they want. Um, so she arranged this. She was only the third person in Vermont to do this. And um, it was just an absolutely extraordinary process. And basically, eight of us, her close friends, uh, lived with her for a week. And, and also this um, healer, magician, uh, very special guy who teaches the fairy tradition... Um, she asked him to come and stay for those uh, for that week as well, and he has uh, experience in helping people pass. So we just had fun together. You know, there was lots of laughter, there was loads of crying, and it was just very, very beautiful spending that time together, talking about memories, talking about plans. And just getting the most out of this situation as possible. And so um, we actually tried to help her die naturally by working with Reiki energies and, yeah, just trying to prepare. It's cutting ties with this lifetime so that she was ready just to go. But it became quite obvious that there was quite a lot of life left in her. <laughs> so she was able to walk around and move around. She had to have oxygen all the time. Uh, but she was there and uh, walking around, did the cooking. Anyway, so on the last day uh, when her friend uh, had to leave, um, she woke us up at five in the morning, morning and said, OK, this is it. So she made us all breakfast. And then um, uh, we had 90 pills, or rather uh, uh, those little capsules. So we all sat in a circle and we did some chanting and some singing. We took all the powder out of the capsules and put it all together. 
and then she took uh, some sort of medicine to stop her nausea because you know this tastes like it's disgusting so to stop her from throwing it up and then um, after about an hour she says okay let's go so we went into her bedroom and I we're sort of a bit like sister and brother so uh, and her blood brother was there so we sort of um, sat up at the head of the bed Uh, her blood brother and myself sort of just on either side of her with her arms around her and everybody else on like a puppy pile in uh, actually on the bed and we just sang and we just were together and then at the right time um, she drank the mixture and within about five minutes her head slowly uh, fell back against her her brother's uh, shoulder and uh, pretty soon after that her breathing stopped it was so peaceful there was no struggle there was no gasping for breath or anything like this it was just like she went to sleep and so you know um, when it felt right we got up and then the women took over the women uh, in privacy uh, stripped her washed her prepared her um, like uh, for instance uh, uh, they, they had to plug all of her orifices to stop her from leaking you know just doing things that the ancient uh, or you know communities would do without the undertaker they would just prepare somebody who just passed themselves so you know and washing her with oils and everything and then they dressed her with her finery that uh, she wanted to wear then we placed her in a coffin and put her in the middle of the living room for three days Mm. and people came both from her spiritual community but also from her work she was a very well-known artist and teacher in the local college and uh, she was there for three days and then um, on the third day Fern and I conducted this funeral and uh, it was lovely we had 60, 50, 60 people in a tiny room and uh, Barbara said well actually you know, before she died there's only one regret I have and that is I'm not going to be able to make it till springtime so Fern got a whole lot of hyacinths mm. and separate, took the flowers off and then as part of the uh, funeral everybody took a handful and made a little prayer and sprinkled the flowers over her so in some way she was getting her springtime you know so then uh, having completed the funeral and everyone had finally left we then put the coffin in the car which actually didn't fit and so I had to drive her to the crematorium with the coffin sticking out of the back of the car <laughs> with all sorts of horrible imaginings <laughs> But anyway, we, we made it there, okay, and uh, there's one crematorium in uh, uh, St. Johnsbury where uh, you can do it, you can take the body yourself, but all the rest are attached to different undertakers and mm. this and that. But anyway, so the guy, we were welcome there, he showed us around the establishment, you know, and showed us the processes and stuff. But anyway, so, and then we had to help uh, her, uh, Barbara's brother, with, uh, you know, sorting out what went where, and uh, some of her belongings were to be given away, and some were to be given to charity, and all of this sort of stuff. So it's been a really long 
process but uh, oh my goodness what an honor to be part of that mm. and i tell you what you know a lot of death in our so-called civilized society is denial and it is horrible it's yeah, disgusting yeah. with people plugged into machines they don't want dying a painful lingering death because the doctors are desperately trying to revive them for as long as possible when all they really need to do is just to, to be loved and allowed to go um, in whichever way they want to and now it's possible in Vermont and it's be- going to become possible in more and more places and so you know Fern and I are sort of open to the fact uh, you know, if anybody else wants to do that, we will actually, uh, we're prepared to stay with them and go through this yeah. process together because we've been through it now. Yeah. And, uh, but it is so, ama- when the nurse came in to declare Barbara de- dead, she burst into tears. She says she looked so peaceful and so beautiful. And then we told her what, how we did it. Yeah. And she just cried. She says, oh my goodness, that is just so yeah. beautiful. And, you know, I really believe death, um, it can be beautiful. It and why shouldn't be. it be? Exactly. You, it's, know, you yeah. know, it's just the other part of birth. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I think it's amazing that Vermont has allowed that to happen. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, that, uh, I think Oregon does it, and yeah. I think possibly another state, but it's still yeah. quite new. We tried to get it in a bill passed in Scotland last year for right. it, but it didn't uh, make it through. Yeah, so. well, another couple of years, Yeah. you know. Yeah. Things are changing fast. Yeah, yeah. What a wonderful story. Well, yeah, what an experience. Oh, my goodness. And for some reason in my life, you know, death has been around me a lot. And so it doesn't freak me out. Yeah. And so I can be like an anchor to people who are going through it, possibly Mm. for the first time. Mm. And, you know, it it, it, it is strong. You know, it's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you've certainly been up to that door a couple of times. Uh, I certainly have, yeah. 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 And uh, but they didn't want me; they kicked me out again. <laughs> <laughs> We're not finished with you yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. tell me about the book. What's the what's that about? The book. Uh, it's actually one of three books, <laughs> and um, in Druidry there are three grades: the Bardic, the Ovate, and the Druid. And they are very, very different ways of experiencing and perceiving the world. The bard sees the world as a magical child, full of magic and of freedom and learning how to relate and be creative with other people, learning the starts of magic and of how to communicate with the stars and the trees. The ovate, on the other hand, if, if the bard, if the picture of, of uh, the bardic world is to sit around a fire laughing and, and communing and being creative, the picture of the ovate is going alone mm. after sunset into the deep forest to meet and build a new relationship with the shadows. Yeah. So uh, in the um, ovate grade, in all, as part of the initiation, each student has to commit to treat the uncomfortable uh, things in life equally 
to the pleasurable ones. Otherwise, you can't come in. You know, otherwise, you know, if you can't treat life as a whole, which is what uh, the Ovate is trying to do, to become one with the earth and with all beings, all the time... Uh, separation and division will be the result, you know, and so at some time we've got to make the effort to learn to love the shadow as well as the light. Yeah, kind of one without the other. Exactly. And they can't exist without each other. So, you know, really it's that. Ove grade is one of a deep healing and transformation and just facing our fears and the things that prevent us from flowing and, and experiencing our joy in this life mm-hmm. so then uh, if they make it through there I mean one of the things about our course uh, you know each student will ha- do go, do a shamanic death and they will dig their own graves and they will spend the night in their graves and then the next session after that it's a firewalk mm-hmm. so you know it's really confronting fears and yeah. unusual ways of perceiving the world, but I tell you what, it works. Oh, well, you know, most people make it through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are a few little heaps of earth at the bottom of our <laughs> land, you know, and well, there you go. So that's the second year. The third year is the, is the Druid year, and really the Druid, the Druid needs to integrate everything he or she has learned in the Bardic Raid, the Magical Child, and everything he or she's experienced in the ovate grade uh, and to bring them together and live them walk his talk uh, to create sacred space with every breath with every every step Mm -hmm. and to bring his or her uh, experiences and um, skills to the for the use of the community and to really start to make his or her dreams come true uh, you know and as he um, I'm going to say she because actually most of our druids are she's so the druid grade it starts off by asking the spirit of the land's hand in marriage and throughout that last year's training the spirit of the land will show the druid what he or she needs to sort out before he uh, is ready for the marriage. And then finally, once the training is over, then um, that druid will go through a, a marriage with the uh, spirit of the earth to commit uh, and to lead a life of unity with, with the earth. Yeah. You know? And it's really walking your talk and bringing all of your skills into active use, uh, into, into, into your life. Yeah. It's exciting stuff, yeah, you know. Yeah. And we really believe in, you know, hands-on stuff. It's mm. none of this, you know. There is some, an, an intellectual component to our um, studying, uh, teaching, but it's really only for people to understand what, to do and how to do it and then they've got to do it yeah Yeah. and if they don't do it well they're not really a druid yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
Just tell us, uh, just to wrap up, Ivan, uh, tell us uh, how people can get in touch with you to learn more about the school. Well, the first thing to do is to check our website because that gives an overall view and that's greenmountaindruidorder.org and if they want to learn about stone circles then they can go onto my personal site which is ivanmacbeth.com but once you get there the, you know it'll give everyone an idea of what we're doing how we do it and there's um, emails and things uh, addresses so that they can uh, get in touch with us further if they want to Great. that's basically it Ivan, wonderful to talk to you again. Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much, thank Graham. You. Uh, this is unexpected and uh, wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much. Bit like life. <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, thanks to Ivan once again for that uh, enlightening and entertaining uh, discussion. He's a very difficult man to pin down at times, uh, and I'm very grateful that we managed to have the chance to have that chat at the uh, ASD convention this year. Uh, that's it for this episode um, I hope you've enjoyed it if you have any comments or uh, ideas about the show that you want to share you can send an email to podcast at adventuresanddowsing.com or you can leave a comment on particular episodes uh, again at that uh, adventuresanddowsing.com website and if you're an iTunes listener and enjoy the podcast please do give us a good review on iTunes thanks for listening many thanks to Hilary Brooks Ian Pegler and Not For Pussies for the music and be sure to join me next time for more Adventures in Dowsing <laughs>